When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good evening, everyone. Happy Friday. It's me, Chris Brack, and I'm here with Luke. No Kev today, so boss is awake. Luke, we can get away with murder now. Yes. Uh, and I'm joined by Oscar from All Eat TV, and I'm joined by Ewan's back again from Talking Bollocks. Bollocks even. He's actually forgiven us. He still talks to us just about, just about, you know. No, I can I, I knew I'd get that name wrong. I've got, I'm getting Kevitis here. It's going well. We we say the same thing. Don't worry about it. It's all podcast. So. <laughs> oh, that's all right. I, feel, I don't feel that. I don't feel that bad now. Anyway, cool. So, Luke, how are you doing? Finally, to show. That's good, isn't it? Not too bad. Liverpool can't run the weekend. Yeah, we won the game. Yeah. So can't get better than that. Liverpool can't concede first, and Liverpool can't drop three points. All in all, good weekend. Oscar, you probably feel the same from a Leeds perspective, obviously. Yeah, I mean, considering our last game was getting beat 5-2 by Brentford and absolutely, oh man, the depression from that game. But um, in a way, I'm kind of thinking, I kind of can't wait to get back into it just to make amends for that. But we were supposed to be playing Man United this weekend. They're in good form. We're not so much. So maybe it kind of works in our favour a little bit, it being um, moved from this weekend. Because hopefully when it's rearranged... Man United will be already tired from playing Europa League, all sorts of cup competitions. will be a little bit fresher. That's the way I'm looking at it. And plus, Leeds can't ruin a weekend, which is always so a massive positive. Yeah, put this way, Luke, we've we've missed the two immortal banana skins. We're about to play Wolves, who've just signed a new striker, so you know the story there. That gets canned. We're supposed to play Chelsea, so they've just got a new manager. Like, oh, fuck it. That's been canned. So, so the person who get the weekend ruined is Ewan. But luckily, you would play yeah. Bournemouth, who can see goals for fun. So, it could thanks, be, you've just could... jinxed us there, Chris. Nice well, one. Well, listen, to be <laughs> fair, I could have said that about any team both were playing at the moment. I think there was only one team drew 0 0 with them. Which is, uh, which is sort of no, one team lost to them. Oh, Villa, wasn't it? Villa lost to them. Yeah. Mm. So, there's a lot yeah, about Villa, that, to be fair. So, let's start there. Do you know what? 
I'll change the order up. Uh, let's start with Villa Bournemouth. I think we've got you here, Ewan. So, how how are you feeling about this for the weekend? Um, I, I'm pretty confident. I can't lie. Um, I think it's more the fact that um, we're a little bit fresher again. It felt like we. I'm going to bring it up, but the games we played from Liverpool back through to the midweek cup game, we played 270 minutes in seven days, and our squad just isn't cut out for that. Um, we were really. Like you could tell our legs were tired. We ended up losing Maxi, we ended up losing Bruno. Um I felt like we, we were dropping like flies, and to be fair, this little gap probably hasn't done us any harm at all. Um I think Bournemouth are relatively weak as well. Um to to, to our strengths. So hopefully at home, packed in James is three o'clock kickoff. Um I'd like to think it'll be relatively comfortable. Not not an easy game, but relatively comfortable for us if we can hit the ground running. Yeah, I mean, I think he might, the gap might come the right time because it sounds like uh, St. Max and Gumeras will be back. Um, and you've yeah, got you, you, you goalie on the bench. Yeah, I know. I know. But I, how do you... I'm going to throw it back to you just before I go into the team. and think, How are you feeling about that? As Liverpool fans. I'm glad he's found the club because I thought... I thought he had a lot... Listen, I'm not saying this to wind you up, but I do think he's a broken footballer. Uh, mm. I don't no, think no, I agree. I don't think he's ever recovered from that Champions League. I mean, to be fair, it's the biggest game of your career and you drop an absolute bollock. Yeah, you know, it was awful, wasn't it? it? Two, two, two bollocks. Two bollocks, yeah. Uh, I still maintain the first one is a, a one in a million thing where you throw it out and the lad sticks his leg out. They never know, yeah, yeah. of course. The, the, the bail third one's just... There's not much you can say about it. It was heart, it was heartbreak as a Liverpool fan. If you do them twice in a season in games that don't necessarily get seen across the world, yeah, I don't think they suffer too much. It's because He's of what it was. Really suffered, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him, I've got to be honest. I think the poor lad needs a bit of a lift. And I think because of the, the positivity around our club, hopefully that'll do him some good. Um it might not, but yeah. I'd like to think he he seems like a good character. He seems like a good character, so he's probably the, the second player that we know of that clots properly bombed out. The other one was Sacco. Now Sacco was disciplinary reasons why he got bombed mm-hmm. out. Uh we've been basically trying to sell him for four years. Get yeah. out, get no out. Put just... loan, put loan, put loan. And last year he was like, I don't, I don't want to move. I haven't got a club. So we went, okay, great. You can train with us. We're not going to register for anything. Turned into like a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. So you got, like, oh yeah, he's, he's, he's going to join the WWE, couldn't he? He's probably, he's, he's probably better. No, then again, should, actually. <laughs> <laughs> then again, you have to, you have, you have to hold people, don't you? So you might drop someone. So <laughs> maybe, maybe it might be a special move. Um, a special move, yeah. <laughs> I think I th- I'm, I'm happy for him. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I think the Dubravka move was mad. I don't get it from both sides. I don't think Man United necessarily needed him. I don't think he's an improvement. They seem to want a sweeper keeper. Now, he's not a sweeper keeper at all. That's why we bought Paul. He's quick off his line. Dubravka's better with his feet. That doesn't necessarily mean very much. Um, He needs your open league squad this week. Yeah, I I think... And he keeps making a bit of a fool of himself, the things he's saying. He's trying to warn himself to Man United fans. And I just keep thinking to myself, well, they've had Schmeichel and Van der Sar. They're not going to give... A cat's fart about a second goalkeeper who's come in for six months. It, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. I think it's a bit of a shame because I think he's tarnished a little bit what he had with us and the fact he could have been before the takeover and after it and actually grown with us and potentially become, you know, a bit of an ambassador for the club. Um, so, yeah, I'm a bit disappointed. But going back to the, the game, I think um, Bruno's fit. If I could choose anyone to be back fit, I would choose Bruno. Um, it would have been nice to have had Wilson back because he's just a poacher. Um, and Maxi, I think it's just going to come a week too soon, which is a bit of a shame because I think he would run them ragged. Um, I wouldn't want to risk him though. I don't. We've had it before under Bruce where 
it was like, God, we need Maxi back, let's get him in. And then he sets himself back four weeks. I think we're in a position now where we've got a good enough system, not necessarily good at backup players, but a good enough system to make the best players flourish. And obviously with Isaac coming in, I think that's that's a big bonus as well. Good. Um, Oscar, from your from your perspective, how are you seeing this game? You know, do you, do you give um, Bournemouth any hope? Um, not not massively, to be fair. You know, obviously they came back really well at Forest, didn't they? Um, you know, in terms of that, that felt like more Forest are really struggling um, at this moment in time rather than Bournemouth being great. Um, but yeah, credit where credit's due, they came back from 2-0 down. There's obviously a bit more spirit to them now, I think, with Gary O'Neill there than what, what there was under Parker. It felt to me like under Parker, they effectively have thrown a towel in early doors, um, Bournemouth. I still think they'll go down and possibly even finish bottom, but there's a little bit more character to them. But I just think Newcastle defensively just looks so, so good, especially at home. I mean, the amount of clean sheets they're keeping. Pope, of course, when they do concede a chance, Pope's always bailing Newcastle out because he's such a good shot stopper. I think he is England's best shot stopper um, in terms of the national team. And if he was as good with his feet as what he was is a shot stopper, there'd be no debate about the fact if he'd be starting for England or not. I still think he should be anyway, to be honest, because I think at the end of the day, what do England need? They need a, they need a quality shot stopper. Um, you know, because we're going to concede a lot of chances. But Newcastle are really, really reaping the benefits of that now. Um, and then you're looking at the midfield as well. There's such a good balance to it. There's a Bruno Gomerlej. Joe Linton as well. Joe Linton, I think, is one of the more underrated players in the league now. Um, I do really think he's come full circle. Um, and yeah, I just think Newcastle looks so well balanced. The fact they've got had that break, as you and said, that break I think is going to help Newcastle. And I think it's going to take a lot to stop them finishing. There's the best of the rest in that kind of sixth, seventh place in the league outside that top six. I can't see now that Brighton have lost Potter. I think Newcastle are the front runners now, personally, for that. Um, for that sixth for seventh spot with the recruitment they've done. I mean, Isaac alone, what a bit of business that is. He could easily get 15, 20 goals this season. Um, yeah, I think it's probably a very exciting time to be a Newcastle fan. I can certainly get that from what uh, you and say compared to sort of Newcastle fans this time last year. I mean, a fair play to them. You know, at the end of the day, I've got a little bit of a soft spot for Newcastle because they kept us in the league at Burnley on the last day of last season and absolute fair play to them. They did the job for us and if they didn't do... We'd be preparing for losing the way right now. So, uh, so yeah, that is... Um, but, yeah, no, in all seriousness, Eddie Howe's done a top job. Um, and, yeah, let's um, let's see how they get on. But I think this will be pretty comfortable against Bournemouth. Yeah, I think that. I mean, to be fair, they don't have to worry about Pope not being a good passer, as good a passer the ball. I mean, England are picking 15 defenders. So, I think we're playing... Well, yeah, back, this I, think is it, it, I think England are going to play a back seven. So, it doesn't really yeah. matter. It doesn't matter if you can kick a ball. And we, England we've got, they've got three... Play. Don't play like Man City or Liverpool or no. even Man United, as much as it hurts me to say it. They, they don't play that way. They, they don't, it doesn't really matter if someone's oofing it rather than playing. Pickford's hardly brilliant with the ball himself, is he? Let's be honest. The only goalkeeper I'd say is particularly good with the ball at his feet is Ramsdale. But Pope oh, versus Ramsdale on shot-stopping, it, it's definitely just... Pope for me. That's what I mean. I mean, do you really need four right-backs in your squad? Really? Well, yeah, that's another thing. I mean, no. the, it's... And then the left backs that do pick are left backs that don't even start for the club team. So I think it's like Luke Shaw, and that's like the only left back that's been picked. I think, and I'm like, hmm? yeah, yeah. That's what I get could have been picked. Uh, Mitchell. I mean, I mean Trippy is very good on either side. To be fair, yeah. whether it's left or left back or right back, he's very good on both sides. The thing is, as well with Trippier is in terms of purely in a back four, 
other than Trent, he's the only one that actually plays in a back four. I mean, Reese James, when he goes into a back four, isn't the same player. It's a totally different role for him. I think there's definitely a case for... Um, sorry, Cal Walker as well. But Cal Walker's been playing low-key, pretty poorly this season. But, um, but yeah, both. I think Trippier, to be honest. Southgate mm. seems to clearly really rate Trippier, and fair enough. Um, you guys might disagree with me in terms of Trent. Oh, he's gone. Trippy has definitely been the, uh, probably the most informed fullback. If you're thinking of fullbacks that are lucky to be in that squad, probably Trent. And Trent is because he's been he, by his by his standard, he's he's yeah. on form. We've all said that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the benefit of Rhys James is I don't think he's a right back. I think he's either a wing back or a centre back. Uh, Same with Carl if, 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 if you play a back three, and uh, Carl Walker's a bit of a hybrid because I think he can do all three. And Trippy is a pure fullback, and that's not a disrespect. He just he is, but he's no, a very good one. But he's a very good one, and Trent's a bit of a bit of everything. So they give you different options, but I just don't think you need four. You know. If you're going to have options, I would much rather have options in the wide roles, the ten, like in the ten, in the eight, where you can actually mix a system up. You can you can go to a team and, and actually try and go toe to toe with them. I feel like Southgate doesn't have that that ruthless side. He doesn't. He's not prepared to cut. The only one he seems to have it with is Trent, and that was before the Euros. And let's be honest. Uh, sorry, um, yeah, yeah, no, sorry, the Euros. He should have been in that squad and he only really got pressured into it and then Trent got injured. Mm. Um, he doesn't have that ruthless streak. He's, he's, he, he likes no, to James keep everyone Madison. happy and camaraderie, camaraderie and things, but it, there's certain players, like you say, Madison, I don't know how he's not in that team. And yet Grealish, who's not him. even playing well at City, is in the squad, yet he couldn't get in at Villa when he was on fire. It's, it's backwards. It's, it's so dull, backwards. isn't it? I mean, the fact is, looking at it, Ewan, it's like it's just Jed Mason Mount. The only number ten in the squad is Mason Mount, and Mason Mount has been playing he's a good player, but he's hardly been playing well. What, he's, I can't, he's I not can't got a name. Goal contribution. Has he had a good game for England, Mason Mount? He might do all these bits for Chelsea. Even this season, he's off from Chelsea. I can't name a decent game from Mason Mount for England. People might disagree with me in the comments, but I can't think of one. The Euros, he was being the carried one, the whole one group tournament. stage game in the Euros. He did all right, but that was it. That was it. Well, look, England's best performance, I think, was Germany and Ukraine. I think Mount was out with COVID. In fact, I'm not saying it was because Mount wasn't playing, but because we tried different options there. I don't know. I think I think um, Grealish as well. I think obviously Grealish is probably going to be living off that Euro Euros performances and stuff like that. But it is laughable that for Villa, he's probably one of the best number tens in the whole country, probably in the Premier League actually. And he goes to Man City, and it's just. It's just big club bias again, and that's probably going to be the reason why people like Nick Pope will miss out for England. Um, you know, all these different players, James Madison, they'll probably miss out for that pure reason. I mean, we'll have... Oscar, from from your point of view, what about Jack Harrison? I'm about to say, yeah, I mean, th- there was a case of Jack Harrison. I think if you can have Jared Bowen, who's only had two or three caps, and you're looking in terms of pure form at this moment in time, then why not Jack Harrison in that kind of sense? I'm, I'm not going to complain too much he hasn't been picked because. England have got so many options out wide, haven't they? I mean, Saka, Sterling, Foden, Grealish. I mean, should be unlucky yes, not to be in the squad. Being uh, Sancho, to be fair to him, has played a lot more. Has played more games for England than Jack Harrison. It's, that's you know a simple fact. And I think we've just been you know one, two friends, two games before the World Cup. I think we're playing. I, I guess he wants to see his final squad. But when you're seeing all the other people getting sudden opportunities, I mean, Ivan Tony totally deserves it. Totally, yeah, totally deserves definitely. it. Definitely. Um, I think 
I've kind of been calling for him pretty much since the start of this calendar year, really, because um, he's the only player who can do what Kane does if Kane got injured. You know, we've had that problem for ages. If Kane got injured or was off form, so I kind of I am asking a few questions, but I'm not too fussed by that in terms of um, in, in terms of Jack Harrison. And this will <coughs> seem to feel like a really weird thing to say, but if Calvin Phillips starts for England when he hasn't played a minute for well, hardly played at, at all for Man City. It shows how flawed the whole selection is, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. you know. And it might seem weird me saying that as a Leeds fan, but there's no consistency with what Gareth Southgate does at this moment in time. And if I'm being honest, I don't know about you guys, I don't have any confidence in this World Cup. It feels like another South Africa 2010, Brazil 2014 to me, where the team's going to get massively overhyped. But really, the performances have been pretty dire since the final of the Euros. I can't see anything other than a real flop from England this summer, and um, not this summer, this winter. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't get, I don't, I don't, I don't get very overhyped with England. Anyway, if they do well, they do well. If they don't, it doesn't rock, it doesn't ruin my day. Um, my gut feeling with England is, I think that squad ship sailed. I think they, I think their chances the last two tournaments, I think they've missed an opportunity. A bit Agreed. like the great Belgian side that everyone keeps talking about. That they've been the dark horses for three, four, three, four tournaments. I think they're. I think they've missed their boat now because I think they're now starting to go through a rebuild. So I can't think England missed the boat. So, but you know, as long um, as into the World Cup, it's all yeah. good. Get the month off. Yeah, that's, that's all we really care about, isn't it? So come on, what are we predicting for Newcastle ball? I've gone three 0 Newcastle because I just think ball for crap. I'll go two 0 two 0 three 0 there we He's go. That's what we like to hear. A bit of confidence, a bit of confidence. Right. So, speaking from a game that I think should be quite exciting, let's talk about Wolves Man City. They're brilliant, Man City, but they're not always the most exciting side. And Wolves don't do exciting football, really, do they? So, it's an early <laughs> kickoff. <laughs> no, they don't score. They don't concede a lot either, to be honest. You know, so you've, it's normally tight games with Wolves. So, early kickoff, City coming off the, off the back of a, a good home win against uh, Dortmund. Early. Early scare from Hugh Bellingham. Really good finish again by Haaland, but, you know, Wolves wet. Dodgy goalkeeping. I have to put the goalkeeper... For the first goal, goal, just sticks his hand up and, and moves it out of the way. And, yeah, dodgy yeah. goalkeeping. Puts pain to my annoyance, which is always, I hate it when defenders who don't score shoot from distance. It never comes off. and uh, makes, makes me look... Sometimes it does it for City company. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. So that shit in the corner, you're like, yeah. So, but look, it was good. Actually, it's quite an entertaining game, which is quite a nice novelty. But away games at Wolves are normally have been the past. So it's been tricky for City. But can anyone really say anything other than a City win and Harlem's bagging too? I think. Listen, it's a bit of a. I'm sweating a bit about this game because my fancy football. I'm in a really good position in my low-fingy league. I'm second in the fingy. But my whole strategy this season has been to really go for the bargains at the back. So I've got a back line just full of Wolves players. Kilman, Collins, Sarin goal. So I'm nervous going into this game. But I do think Wolves, as long as they can keep it nil-nil up to half-time, I think they can really make it quite an awkward one for City. I think City will win the game, but... Unless City score early, I think they'll find it quite tough to break Wolves down. You know, if Wolves are in the mood and, you know, they have got the ability to keep the ball as well. You know, Nunes, Neves, Moutinho. I think the biggest problem when you play City is you're not, you don't see the ball. You're just getting tired because you're constantly chasing the ball. But they've got a midfield that can keep the ball for, you know, a few minutes from as well, relieve a bit of pressure. But I still think City have probably got a little bit too much. But they might have to work for this one. A little bit like the Dortmund game where... 
you know, in terms of Grealish, isn't really performing at this moment in time. Mara's the same. It is, I don't know if this is unpopular, but do you feel all the, they're very reliant on Haaland for goals now, all of a sudden, City? You know, if you just take Haaland out of it in terms of the other goal scorers in the team, I don't think anyone's got more than two, I think, so far this season. So is that low-key something City needs to worry about a little bit? Um, possibly, but I think I think they're I think they're banking on, on Alvarez to eventually, yeah. Be the I have just throw. clutched at like a load of straws and, there to try and yeah, yeah. demand we've still got a title race, but it's um, I think yeah, I, know. I think Alvarez looks like he's the uh, the long term heir because the fact we all know Haaland has a a buyout clause for two years time, which we pretty much all know that's what Real Madrid are going to activate. Look, fair enough. City have probably probably already bought the Haaland replacements. And he's got two years to, to develop. So, look, ultimately, I'm, you can't say City. I've got to worry about City. They've literally dropped four points all season. Now, admittedly, they've dropped four points in games you wouldn't expect them to. Away to Newcastle, away yeah. to Villa, aren't games you expect them to drop points in. But I think they're just very rare, very rare blips. And <coughs> that's sometimes what they've struggled, struggled with, in my opinion, the Champions League is playing shite. But then they have, they've not had that killer instinct of someone up front like a Haaland. And they now have it. And I think that's what got them over the line against Dortmund. And I think that's what got them over the line today. This is what Haaland's built for, is these hump games just after the European game. So, but you and what do you think? I mean, I could be wrong, you know, being over um, I've I said it um, the last time I was on, Wolves don't impress me at all. I don't think they've adapted to the back four. Um, they've got some very good footballers. I rate Collins. I rate Kilman. <clears throat> I rate um, the midfield three. But I don't think there's enough pace in that midfield three at all to get about the City midfield. Because if you look at um, Nunes, he can carry the ball well and he's a powerful runner. But he's not necessarily very... He's good at interceptions and he's clever with it, but he's not necessarily physical and in people's faces. Neves is notoriously slow. And Moutinho's, what, 37, 36? He's, well, he's getting on whatever he is. He's a good age. So I, I feel like City will just have too much. Um, I don't think, although Wolves do keep um, it tight at the back, it's definitely hampering what they do going forward. Yeah, They're always looking for the balls over the top to the wingers who stay really high. I don't know if you look at the way Vinicius played, plays for Real Madrid. You know, he just stays on the halfway line and almost mm. plays outside the fullback. That's kind of what they did against us. And they did get joy out of it, don't get me wrong. But against a City team who have been caught by us, um, with Maxi doing something similar, I can't see Pep looking at Wolves and going, well, we're going to allow that to happen. I think he'll probably have some sort of fallback plan. And it's a bit of a shame, really, because I think Wolves do have some very, very talented players. I just don't think the setup's right. I don't know why they decided to all of a sudden change when the back five, admittedly from Nuno, had been so successful for so long. It feels like he's gone... No, I can't possibly come in and do it the way the old manager does. I want to do it my way. And I don't think he's got the personnel for it yet. I don't think Johnny is a natural uh, left-back. I don't think Ike knew he's a natural left-back. They're both wing-backs. Um, Semedo was never, ever notorious for his defending at Barcelona. If anything, he used to get ridiculed for it. He's now playing right-back and he did have a good game against the Maximin against us. But he's never, ever looked like a proper defender to me. So... I don't think they've got the right setup at the minute. So I think City, to be honest, it could be 3 4 1. Good, good. Uh, Red Steve's gone with it's either going to be 1 1 or 6 0 to City. He said he's not, Agreed. he's got no in between. So <laughs> fair enough. It's fair true. Enough. That's, uh, that's fair. That is actually very fair. Yeah. Luke, how are, you, um, how are you seeing this, mate? 
Ah, it's going to be an interesting one because obviously Wolves signed Diego Costa on a free transfer, but I don't think he's going to do anything against City. Really, I think. I think might get sent off. Might get sent off. He's probably going to get sent off, and he's going to look probably massively off the pace because I don't know might. where he's been playing since he's left Atletico Madrid. He might, but, do a yeah. Dar- he might do a Darwin. Oh, yeah, might do a Darwin and just absolutely headbutt one of the just, just, just bought Edison for no reason and they'll go, oh, that's, me done for the, that's me done for three. But but I think with 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 Wolves, <coughs> you know, I, I agree with you. And why have they sort of like, they got rid of Cody, sent him off to Everton because he doesn't fit in a back four. But I don't know why they switched to the back four because they've they've not really progressed. They should have stuck with the back three. Um, mm. It's unfortunate about the new signing that signed got injured in the first games out for the whole season. Uh, it's a bad injury, isn't it? Which is a bad a injury. Nine months job. And Bruno Large, you know, he could he could be one of those like dark causes of managers just to get sacked because they've had the money invested. If he goes on a little bad run, it, it, it would not surprise me if, if he gets sacked. And for City, City are City creating chances, scoring goals, and Haaland, you know, is just. I really hope that he was going to struggle, but he's at, yeah. I've had to eat my words on that one because he's at, he's just slotted in, like he's been playing here for years. I just think people now with City, they don't know not to sit back or they don't know not to leave a high line because I think you saw the first game against West Ham. West Ham sort of played the midline and De Bruyne overhit a pass, and then Haaland's just there. Didn't even touch the ball once, not to put the ball in the back of the net. So, yeah, I sort of do agree with Red Steve. It's either going to be 1 1 City and get frustrated, or Haaland's just going to go, yep, Tatrick day to day, and he'll smash in two or three. Yeah, I know, I know what you're saying, Luke, about Haaland. I, I don't think that my, my thought with Haaland was never that he wouldn't score goals or adapt to the league because I just think he's one of those players who just will. The question about was, was keeping him fit. And Oscar, that's always the question for Haaland is I don't think I don't think he's played more than 30 games more than once in a season. You know, that's that's been the issue. But he plays 30 games and scores 32. So you're kind of going, well, I'll 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 I'll, I'll take I'll take that, you know, because you because you would. But at the moment, to be fair, they're managing him well. And to be fair, because City had the ball 80% of the time, it's not gonna put much strain on his body either, which also helps. Mm, yeah. He's not he's not breaking on teams the way he had to at Dortmund because a lot of the time at Dortmund they would soak up the pressure, they would suck a team in and then they go right on you go Royce on you go Sancho on you go Haaland and just let them like rockets. I don't necessarily think that suited his uh, physique to be honest. Although he can do it, you're right. He doesn't play enough games to be able to do that in a Mane or Salah type way. Mm. Red Steve makes a good point. Henderson's been waiting for years to do a stare down with Costa again. <laughs> That's one of the funniest memes I've seen. Bravest man uh, on the earth there in that game, wasn't he? <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. Um, Oscar, what score are you going for this? 2-0 two, two City. It'll take a while to break him down. As soon as they do, though, Harlan will, Harlan will score one on the break or something. Um, yeah, 2-0 City. Luke, what are you going? 4-0 City. 4-0 City. Okay, so you're going for a close game then. You in, what are you going Three one city, I think. Three one city, yeah. So all four is good city. But as Sam Tandy points out, we also did smash Villa and that didn't happen. So you know. Yeah. Yeah, ever... for like a nice little surprise just to draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Right, it's that time again. I was gonna do a clever segue, but I'm far too tired. Long week in work. So let's talk about our, our mates at IP Vanish. So 
as you guys must all know by now, if you're online using incognito, it doesn't actually protect your privacy. You're basically giving away all your data to hackers, advertisers, and other undesirables. So what you can do is you can sign up with IPVanish, which is a VPN, which will keep you truly private and secure on the internet. It'll protect everything from your passwords, your communications, your browsing history, and it also hides your, hides your location. Uh, so basically, it can almost be invisible on the internet. You can use it on unlimited devices without sacrificing speed. That's computers, tablets, phones, and even fire sticks with streaming ser services. And for you guys, you can get 70% off your yearly plan, and you get up to a 30-day money-back guarantee. So you're basically getting nine months of free, and these guys are 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So if you want the deal, details are in the description below. Go to ipvanish.com forward slash daytrippers. That's ipvanish.com forward slash day trippers and our other sponsor paramount plus you must know by now they have got the champions league you're allowed to watch again now because look like you won a game in it which was a novelty and you could watch spurs lose a game in two minutes which is also quite funny uh, and i think for their their deal at the moment i think believe it's ten i think it's ten dollars ten dollars a month about 7.99 so quite cheap as well and as kev was pointing out with some of your sky packages now they throw it in they throw it in as well so they are our two sponsors. I will try better next week to try and think of a really bad pun, but I'm far too tired and Luke doesn't like doing bad puns. Do you, Luke? It's, it's absolutely paramount Paramount, you get on it. Ah, see, that's why Ewan's got to come oh, back on. There you go. Come on, Luke. Come on, go, Luke. Even, even the guest is showing you up now. That's a and bad sign. That's a really You're welcome, sign. boys. You're welcome. Right, now I haven't got the fancy <laughs> graphic up, um, but let's talk a bit of fancy football because how are you getting on the fancy football, Luke? Because I'm doing shit. Uh, I'm 202. You're 202. I'm so far down, I, think I've, I don't think I've got a number. But at the moment, League Dawn is top with 445 points, which I think if you added me, you and Kev up together, I still don't think we get near that, which is um, quite impressive. <laughs> uh, so top 10, the lowest score to finish 10th at the moment is 409 points. Oh, Jesus. my God. Jesus wept. So, um, any Oscar, any tips for fantasy football? I feel like you're a dark um, horse fantasy football. I'm playing. I'm doing absolutely terribly in the Premier League version. Not too bad in the Telegraph version, where you're not allowed any subs. I'm doing better. Weirdly, I'm doing better in that one than the one where you're allowed subs. But um, I've just gone really heavy on the goals. Um, you know, in terms of like Harland's a must. I mean, Harland's a basic. You, you have to have Harland. Um, he's just gonna. You're gonna lose points if you don't have Harland um, because everyone's got Harland. So uh, that's definitely a good one to have. Jesus as well seems to be getting lows, just involved in every Arsenal goal. Um, and one player I really like at this moment in time, Ivan Tony. Um, not just gets your goals, he gets your assists as well. He's taking set pieces. He, he's even got free kicks in his locker, which unfortunately I found out as a Leeds fan. Um, definitely someone who's good to go for. And again, I've gone quite cheap on the defenders, as I said before. Maybe not this weekend. This weekend's probably not the weekend to put Wolves defence in. But Wolves defenders, Newcastle defenders, um, really, really good value, you know, really good value. The midfield's harder, so because you've got like, people like Jared Bowen, used to be guaranteed points. They've not done anything this season so far. So midfield's where it's quite hard. So I think the defenders and forwards are my bankers at this moment in time. But again, still early days. I, w I think another rule I've got as well is that um, I always go off like the percentage picks. So mm. I've never picked someone who's like really low, who's really low on that because my idea is you want someone who everyone's kind of gone for. So if if they do crap, everyone else has done crap with that player. If that makes sense, 
that's kind of my thinking. It's, it's served me well-ish so far, but again, I broke it a couple of weeks ago when I decided to put... Um, I can't remember who it was to put in now. I can't remember. I think it was Canate. It wasn't, no, no, it wasn't Canate. Um, I hope you didn't put Canate in. He's only got one. Go Gomez, Gomez in because he, I thought he's going to get a run of games now because Canate's injured. Oh, yeah, that didn't go well for me. That that was a well, that was, it, that was, he, was doing, he was doing he was doing quite well and then Napoli happened. Yeah, and Napoli happened, yeah. Oh, oh well, he, he was doing, he's, he's probably doing well on an individual level, but he's conceding goals. He wasn't keeping any clean sheets, so there's no interest to me as a fantasy football player. I don't think any Liverpool defender is at the moment. We uh, we yeah. like a first goal. It's it's an easy oh. bet though. I've still That's had the faith for Trent though. I've still I've still think Trent will um the set pieces and all this lot. He still scored twice a season, I think. So it's still pretty big points to have on there. If you look at his actual points this season, he's still like fifth or sixth from defenders. So he's only going to get better as the season goes on anyway. So I've still invested in Trent, to be fair, for the time being. I'm still waiting for me, Salah, to take off. It hasn't quite happened yet for me. But, yeah. you know, I just know the one week I don't pick him, that be it. Then he'd be like, oh. That's what I'm trying to do. It. Just, yeah. yeah, just do it. For, go on, just do it, Luke. You take one for the team. You know, yeah. you're two, you're over two hundreds. I'm in the four and I need, I need all the points I can bloody get. So that's about as good as I'm getting. So so but went Kane captain this weekend instead of Haaland. Oh, Jonathan, I feel like Ooh. that might be an error. Well, let's yeah again. Spurs are playing Leicester, so that I was going to say that's a nice. That's you've just ruined my segue, mate. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, Luke. Oh. oh, where's Kev? Get Kev back. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Well, <laughs> let's talk about Tottenham because. Um, you and for people who don't know your podcast, it's not just Newcastle, it's Newcastle and Leicester, which is it a very is, yeah. it's an odd combo. What what's with the Newcastle? It's just because you're two mates and you're different teams. Uh, or... we, we went to university in York together. Um ah, okay. so Jack's a season ticket holder at Leicester, I'm a season ticket holder at Newcastle. Uh we have been for a long time. Jack saw them in the in League One. Um I've been going since I was four years old. Um I'm now twenty seven, so I've seen the Champions League under Bobby Robson. Just saw the end of Keegan and then um, saw the relegations with Ashley and kind of everything that came with that. So, yeah, it was just two mates kind of got together and we we have very similar views in terms of our political views and alignments and things like that. And we just, we, we enjoy talking to each other. So, it was, uh, I've got a little bit of a soft spot for Leicester now because of Jack. Um, I kind of feel for them at the minute. I feel like they're going through a very, very tough time. Good, good. Laura Duffy's just saying... Jack is going Absolutely for... spot on, to be fair, that. And <laughs> you don't, I've you, just taken no... I've really hunched it so far. I've just gone, right, no risks, no risks. Just go for your guarantees at this moment in time. I'm going to have to go more daring to win it, but I'll take second for the time being. You've gone with the, the old approach of uh, if you if you got attacked by... A, if a bear came through and he said, can you outrun a bear? No, I just have to outrun you. That's kind of your approach. As long as everybody else <laughs> say it, I'll be all, I'll be all right. So, Oscar... <laughs> Let's talk Tottenham Leicester. Tottenham had a good start to the season. You know, Champions League uh, midweek didn't go quite as well as, as they would have liked. So, to be honest, a draw would have been more than good, more than good of what Tottenham wanted. Uh, but Leicester just looked like a very. I'm glad you made it on this one. You just looked like a very stale. They just look a really stale side. They've gone. They just like mm. a side that's run the course and probably should have been evolved probably two seasons ago. Now. Mm. Some of that could be blamed on the manager. It's some of that also just coming out of COVID. Um, I believe the owners, uh, a lot of their investment, I think Kev said, is, is um, like, like all the duty-free shops and airports, they kind of run them. But obviously, nobody's traveling. 
or not travelling the same level, so they haven't got as, they're not as flush as they were before. So are they just sort of a victim of circumstance, or do you think there's a bit more into it? Yeah, big investment into that training ground as well. It was the training ground that's like two hundred mil? I think it was the training ground. Mm. It's like supposed to be the best one in England, so that's a big um, investment too. But um, just a little sideway. Um, I've been in Lisbon the last week, so I did actually catch the Lisbon Spurs game. Good to good to see a Champions League game live. To be fair, um, but yeah, Spurs. But Spurs weren't great to be honest. Lisbon probably could have scored a couple in the first half and totally, I felt, deserved the win. And you wonder how much that will affect Spurs and the fact that they're not used to playing, you know, Champions League, Premier League, you know, in this kind of like congest in this congested way um last couple of seasons. You wonder how it will affect them. But still, you think Leicester, Leicester looks so lost at Brighton. There's no doubt about it. They lost 5-2. It probably could have been more. And had it not been some dodgy VAR calls, Probably would have been a 6-2-7-2 type of game. And, yeah, it's weird how it's just fallen away for Leicester. Um, You know, I kind of compare it to Southampton um, when Mm. they had Koeman and... Mm. Sorry, Pochettino and Koeman in charge. And then suddenly, they just totally fell away. You know, it feels like they've almost let too many players go and then the recruitment's just let them down. You know, the last couple of seasons where, you know, past seasons have signed Mares, Kante... Uh, Tillemans, Madison, Fafana. You're kind of thinking, last two seasons, have they really signed anyone at that level? No. no. And unfortunately, when they keep losing players as well, the squad quality is going to diminish. The fact that there's no refreshing of the squad as well. You saw something like that happen at Tottenham with the Pochettino, where it was the same starting 11, week in, week out for three, four seasons. Eventually, it'll catch up with you, no matter how good you are. And Leicester are kind of finding that out right now. And I think with Brendan Rodgers, you know, of course, obviously at Liverpool, famous example, when it's kind of starts to go wrong with the Brendan Rodgers, it really, really does start to go wrong. And you've kind of got to push the button sooner rather than later. Yeah, he does. Um, he does. Not that I don't rate him, by the way, but yeah. No, but as a, as a Liverpool fan, you know, we, we watched him where if things went wrong, we'd have four formation changes in, in, in 40 minutes. And, you know, he'd go to three at the back. We, you know, we're sterling up front. It was fine. We got beat by Man United. That was it. That's out the window. That's where sometimes he chases tail a little bit, you know, which has been quite frustrating. Luke, I don't know about you. I always felt with Leicester, my thing with Leicester always was every year they'd sell at least one big one. Like they'd sell Maguire for big money and they'd yeah. have a father. They kind of had the conveyor belt lined up. This, this, the last two seasons, they haven't really sold anyone I would call like massive, which means they haven't really, which probably doesn't give them the money to bring in. The next race and the couple of the, the smart buyers you always think they'll do quite well, like Samari just hasn't yeah, worked just out. Hasn't but really no, worked out, no. You know, oh, Vestergaard looked like a smart signing from Southampton, and he's been absolute turd from. Yeah, I, I think it doesn't help because I think the owners, I think their company, King Power, lost a lot of money during the pandemic, and I think someone mentioned it in a comment there that the owners actually. Uh, put something in a match day program explaining that they couldn't invest heavily this year to fit with their long term sustainability model. So the the investment hasn't been there, and like Rogers isn't helping himself out. He sort of sort of pe- pressed the panic button, and he's beg he's like he's begging to get sacked, but Leicester can't afford to sack him because they're mm. going to have to pay him twenty million pounds. And when that happens, it's going to go one way, and that's going to go down, 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 and down until. And unless they do have the money to either pay him off or they come to an agreement when that they can pay a certain amount. But 
you know, I've, I don't think Leicester will go down, but they are definitely a dark horse to once the stone drops, it's very difficult to, to turn it around. And their investment this summer, I think they've lost a lot of big characters in, in the dressing room. Kasper Schmeichel is possibly the biggest one, even, even though that he was rapidly declining as a top-level goalkeeper to have that level of experience in the dressing room. And I think it's only, I think it's only Vardy left as one of the, like the big characters left. And it's a lot of change. And I just don't think they're going to do that well this season. No. They're going to bottom off. I just, I just don't see what they're going to do to reinvent, re reinvent the wheel really. Cause their time, I think uh, Oscar said it great day. They were the old Southampton pushing for Europe. And then when they didn't get the champions league, sort of Southampton fell and Leicester are sort of, hitting that that same step and they'll be battling relegation next year or even this year. Mm, it, it, it doesn't look good for them. Well, Tottenham, although I don't think they were they were great from the highlights I saw in Europe, they can't really complain too much about the start of the season. You know, I think, you know, the third, same points as City, uh, three points out of two games in the Champions League group, which is outside of City, you know, same as Liverpool, better than what Chelsea are doing. So, yeah, it's it's a good start. It's, you know they've got depth in the squad, but I've had the same suspicion as Oscar. Is I've never yet seen Spurs be able to cope with a real run in the league and a real run in the Champions League. And I think Arsenal are going to have the same problem with Europa League. I just don't think you can get used to it. And I think it takes a few years to get used to it. Look, we've seen it as Liverpool fans. It it takes a while to get used to that relentlessness of three games a week when you've got to rotate a lot. You know, City are very good at rotating like that. Chelsea in the pomp were, United in the pomp were. So I do, but I, I think what Tottenham are banking on is getting themselves pretty comfortable in a top four position by Christmas. So then they can kind of, if they have to take an eye off it, they can do, and they've got a little bit of a cushion. But wow. I can't see any further than a, I've got a 2 0 Spurs because uh, I just don't even see, I just, just don't think Leicester have got anything. You and, uh, do you give Leicester any hope? Um, it's not that I don't give them hope. I just feel like. They feel a bit like we did when we were going through a real rough patch. So I remember we finished fifth under Pardew and we never invested. We kind of tried to cling on to Cissé and Kabai and, and Barr and we're like, oh, that'll be enough, that'll be enough. It's not, you, you stand still and others move past you. <coughs> I feel like Liverpool have maybe felt that in their midfield at the minute. You'll probably understand that, that you haven't necessarily oh, yeah. grown that midfield. You lost Genie and then I know he... he he wasn't necessarily like a world beater in terms of everything on the eye, but he did jobs that you probably don't appreciate till he's gone. And I think Leicester are trying so desperately hard to keep a hold of players. So Madison, we put a bid in for Madison. There was no way in the world he was coming for that money. We we were, I think we were just testing the water, seeing what was going to happen. The rumour is he, he he's keen. He's not going to sign a new deal at Leicester, I don't believe. Why would he? He's If he signs a five-year deal, it takes him to 30-year-old. He's got to wait another two, three years. And I don't see how Leicester are going to be able to build that platform again. Um, they've got they've got players on massive wages that are just not Very they're good. not top they're not top eight material, put it that way. And that's no mm-hmm. disrespect. Vardy, although brilliant, is and he has a very good minutes to uh, goal to minute ratio, he is getting on. And Harvey Barnes, another good player, but if you if you're constantly playing these players and you've got someone like Tielemans who looks like he can't wait to leave, you're just leaving yourself in a really vulnerable position. And I feel like they should have tried to 
do a bit of a rebuild now, except that this season might be a little bit of a write-off. They might finish the 11th, 12th, sell Tielemans, get money in for him, maybe sell Madison, maybe sell Fafana, and go and try and build a new spine. Go and try and get a goalkeeper. I mean, they haven't replaced Michael. And, I mean, Ward just does not look it. He does not look it. He looks like he can't kick. He looks like he can't command his box. He can make a, a decent reflex save every now and then. But he does not look like a top... 10 goalkeeper at all so I just feel like they're vulnerable in too many positions uh, I don't think Spurs under Conte will allow them to to get anything when you look up with the way Brighton played Spurs will just do the same uh, yeah. Spurs have got great depth at the minute now as well so yeah. what's going on for? Oh, I don't want to upset Jack <laughs> 1-0 Spurs that's alright he's not watching we'll be alright uh, Spurs yeah <laughs> Yeah, Danny Ward, remember him, Luke? His, he was the rumoured reason why all the Liverpool, all the Liverpool team, team sheets got out early. He was was he? The, that was the rumour about Danny Ward, that apparently the rumour was he was the one that was leaking the team sheets. He's lad as well. He's a <laughs> lad as well. Yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? I don't have people need to get away with it. Uh, Oscar, what score are you going for in this one, mate? Um... I was going to say 3-1, but if Danny Ward's been leaking the team sheet to Antonio Conte, then I'll go 4-1 Tottenham then. I mean, I'm not being rude. Like, look, I don't think it matter which team sheet he leaked. Unless he's the Man City team sheet, he'd be like, bloody hell, this team looks quite good. I don't think he's bothered. <laughs> nah, no, so. I think Tottenham, Tottenham are pretty comfortable. I think this is the game where Son probably gets back into form as well. I think Son, as soon as he scores one, I think he'll go on a bit of a run. Um, he's going to get mm. chances in this game, isn't he? It's inevitable. Yeah, 4-1 oh, yeah. Spurs. Plus, Son knows how to stay on side, unlike his mate who replaced him, who just is permanently offside when he's not falling over. So, but never mind. Right, speaking of, let's talk about his previous club, Everton versus West West Ham. This is going to be a battle of will. David Moyes going back to his old club. Well, Everton West Ham's normally actually pretty, uh, actually a pretty good game. Everton are sort of doing okay. West Ham have had a very not great start. Um, just about. Just about got through got through last night three two. Um, Oscar, how are you sort of seeing West Ham versus Everton? It just sorry, feels Ever- like got... e- Everton versus West Ham. Sorry, wrong way around. Feels like it's got a draw written all over it to me. Um, I think both teams will sort of cancel each other out. Goals and as much as I dislike him, is actually playing really well from at this moment in time. Um, Dear me, he's take, he's taking on the Richarlison um, shit house mantle just. Unbelievably well, you have to give him that. Uh, but no, he's, he's a good player, to be fair. Um, they fought pretty well, Everton. Still not convinced by Lampard tactically, but West Ham, last season's West Ham, I think probably do beat Everton in this kind of game. But I just don't think they've quite fully clicked yet, West Ham. As I said, Bowen's a little bit out of form. Um, they've not quite been able to integrate Skamaka particularly well so far. So, yeah, I'll go draw. I'll go 1-1. Um, I think it'll be a decent game, though. Who was the last Italian striker really settled and set off set the Premier League alight? Oh, Balotelli at Liverpool. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, he just he just I'm he just sorry, set, oh, he just set his I'm bathroom sorry. alight. That's all he did. He set the bathroom <laughs> alight. Oh, uh, Balotelli at City. Did all yeah, right. Probably, City. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and before that, you're probably talking Viali. Zola and Viali. Yeah, it's just a funny thing. Uh, Italians yeah. don't really seem to settle very well in England. De Canio? To a point, yeah. So it's over a few years ago now, though. We haven't seen any recently, have we? You know, so yeah, no. It's... Be... I can't even think of any who's 
that many Italian strikers that have played in the Prem recently. Yeah, was... Zaza. 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 Came off the back oh. of that penalty that is still rising in the air, I think. Uh, oh god, that was terrible, Luca. <laughs> Luca, how, how you seen? Uh, that's a that's a shout and a half. That by the way, mate. To be fair yeah. though, to Zaza, how he got out of that stadium without Antonio Conte killing him, I don't know. I don't know how he avoided. Oh I don't yeah, know how he, was how he survived that. <laughs> oh, score prediction for this. Uh, Oscar took the word right out of my mouth. I think it said nil nil. I still got Everton as one of the, not one of the oh. favourites, but one of the people, uh, one of the teams that could go down because. They've done okay business, but who's going to put the ball in the back of the net? You can't rely on Dominic Calvert-Lewin because he's injured, and when he's not injured, he's modelling. So how much time is he actually going to have on the pitch? Um, Ooh, another great show here, but uh, here we go. Graziano Bello. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, you just mentioned the Koeman team. Yeah, he, was good. he, he yeah. had that one season where he was brilliant, great and then, just started, then he just started fighting with everyone. And went to China, saw the big money, and just went, yeah, I'm off. See you later. Yeah, he, he was, was a... built like an absolute tree trunk. Him, you know, when I saw him live, I thought he should have been playing for Italian rugby team. He was yeah. some unit, unbelievable yeah. specimen. Manas, that is a, a brilliant show, absolutely brilliant. We should do a show on that, uh, shouldn't we? Look at those random strikers who were, like great for about like, years. Like, you know, Michu being, the, Michu being the ultimate one, he was great for two years. Then he was great for CC. Oh, yeah, he scored that world, didn't he, against Chelsea? Scored about know. 17 worldies in six months and that's then right. barely it's, scored it's after it. was like, yeah, that's my career catalogue done. It was the <laughs> remember, remember, uh, lovely Rocky blow. Santa Cruz. Lovely blow. Rocky Santa Cruz, Blackburn, and then uh, City. Then he went to, went to City and then they decided not to register because they had too many players and sent him on loan to a championship, <laughs> which was just mental, seeing Rocky Santa Cruz in the championship. He was very good. Metroglou yeah. bought in to try and keep them up and then he was absolute. Metroglou, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, that's Mataya Kesman. Yeah, there's definitely a show there of uh, random footballers you've seen play for you. Do you remember the oh, the other Italian striker who played up front for Borough? Because for them, it sounded like macaroni. Macaroni. He was macaroni. Dread, it was absolutely dreadful. He oh, scored some guy. vital goals he, in Europe, though. That's what was making me laugh. The, he looks about he 40, the final, didn't he? Hey, yeah. hey, Chris, Chris, remember Barini for Liverpool? Play for Sunderland and scored against Chelsea. I thought, yes, you actually done something good. That's the best thing he ever did. The best thing he ever did yeah. was not not for us. You know, went to oh, AC mate. Milan after Sunderland. I was like, what? He's got the best I agent. I know. It must be. We've had some stockings play for us, but we'll, we'll, we can go through that as well. Some of the uh, the random the random strikers we've had play for us. You like? I've never heard of these fella. The worst one we've ever signed is that winger. Oh. Oh, Sandler Rogers, I never. Is it yeah, I even when you YouTube him, you're like, I don't even, I don't even know what he looks like or what position he is. It took me three days to find out he was a winger. He scored an absolute worldie against Newcastle at St James's for Stoke in a game. I think we won five one. That was the only thing I know him for. But it was a great goal to be fair to him. Yeah. So yeah, well, we'll get, get a few, get a few, and I'll Chelsea United. Yeah. yeah, Pato went to Chelsea as well. Never played. He just went. They there. Had a few like two, that, uh, two games, one goal. That 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 that's that's his record at Chelsea. Two games, one penalty goal. as well. He won the penalty oh, on his debut and scored it on his debut. Daniel Osvaldo. Daniel Osvaldo. He was he was mad. Him. Daniel Osvaldo. He, he retired there to be a singer, didn't he? He's in a band. Is he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's a lead singer in a band in Argentina now. 
Yeah, this tells you for, for those of you who are still watching. This tells you how much we're excited about Everton West Ham because literally we had no other games to pick from. So we're literally just talking about random footballers. At Joe at City, who also went to Everton, he was Joe awful. at City. He was absolutely awful. He was. I've I've actually got a two-one West Ham, only because I think Everton are still missing quite a few. No Godfrey, no Mina, Pickford out till after oh, yeah, the international after the international break. So they, um. Or in uh, Jakubovic on, on the free after he got released from Leicester to be a backup. Yeah, because because the backup goalkeeper's injured, so he's not. I think for the thing for backup goalkeeper again, he's got. I know um, Darlow for you hasn't you has had a, a hand yeah, yeah, he's he's out apparently got offered at Newcastle and then and then he yeah. was. It's a good watch that. If you watch the podcast, have a watch of that. Yeah, because uh, he, yeah, he said quite like, well on put, it. Put out a number. It would be ridiculous, hoping that they wouldn't come back. And then it was like, sort of had a gut feeling in my stomach that they might have actually done it. And now, and now he's retired. So. But I liked, I liked his answer in the end where he goes, if I'm turning down a big, in his head, a, a, a big money move, you know, big moves to Newcastle, said, if I'm going to turn them down, who am I going to say yes to? And he's like, yeah, maybe that is me done. I mean, he's, I mean, he's 39, so, you know, it's probably about the age of goalkeeper. He could have still done a job in the yeah. Premier League. He could have still done yeah. a job. Still would have been... He Apparently he's really good mates with Nick Pope as well, so he found it really hard. He gets on with Dan Ashworth from West Brom as well, so it, it sounded like it was the perfect scenario. And if he well, didn't then, then you know that's somebody telling him. I don't think family. he wants to move his family. I don't think he wants to be nine months away from no. his family. Which look, you know, at thirty nine, feeling he doesn't need the money either. <laughs> so yeah, and he's enjoying his podcast. I think you forget that element of a footballer, don't you? Yeah, you do that sometimes, especially when you hear some yeah. footballs where the family lives abroad. That must be even harder. Yeah. So, yeah, I've gone for 2-1 West Ham. Luke, what are you going for? I'm going to go 0-0, wasn't it? 1-1. 1-1. Ewan, what are you going for? Uh, 2-1 West Ham as well. 2-1 West Ham, there we go. This is why we keep keep bringing you in, Ollie. Good with puns. (laughs) Hate Everton. What more? That's the only pun I've ever, ever, ever come come up with in my life. We'll tell you one that bit. It's brilliant. So try and think of one for next week. (laughs) <laughs> cool. So the other thing I want to I want to have a chat about Oscar. Um, now, first, you this doesn't affect you as much. Is also we've got we had one round of fixtures missed out. So we're not going to we'll... speak about Brentford Arsenal. Or was that after the international break? Because they're playing on Sunday, aren't they? Yeah, Arsenal. Could care less. Um, talk about talk about football. <laughs> I don't yeah. care about either of them times. Um, so. Obviously, we have one round of fixtures cancelled, but there's now six clubs now who are going to have two two games to make up. And just interested to wonder where they're going to fit them in. Because a, a lot of these sides, with the exception of Brighton Palace, which, which don't have Europe to worry about, most of them are either in Europe or one of their teams are in Europe. And I do wonder, do we think they'll extend the league by a week? Or are they just going to do the, the English thing, which I think is probably the answer of, stick a bit somewhere. We'll find, we'll find a gap. We'll find a gap somewhere. I heard a rumor they were gonna they were gonna shift Champions League games and try and swap them over and try and adapt it that way because the Champions League games have to be played by a certain point to allow progression. Mm. So they were gonna try and work it somewhere. I, d- I don't know what they were thinking because obviously it doesn't affect Newcastle. But I think that this is only going to help certain managers talk about fatigue and talk about bigger squads and justify spending and things. I don't think it's going to necessarily help. Um, the, the long term of the game. I can't see anything these games being put in until March. 
I think yeah. they'll I think they'll do it later in the year. Or the, the slot they can have. Um I think it's between the twenty second and twenty ninth of October. I think it's the only one where there's no Champions League, Europa League or League Cup game. I think that's the only Which is probably when they'll fit in the games that we lost a week. The, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. then it's even for everyone. And then it's those random three games that I, I kind of feel and obviously Brighton Palace will get fitted in because you could probably play them on a European night. I know the European rules about you can't show televised games with European games on, but I, I can't have the games televised anyway. So you could probably get well. It's more fitting in how it's how deep United go in Europe, how deep Liverpool go in Europe, how deep Chelsea go in Europe, and that's where you're a bit like you can not helping yourselves here. But I would have just extend it for a week because some of those fixtures, if you did some of those fixtures at the at the end of the season, Chelsea, Liverpool, or or the week before where it's like City Spurs, imagine that's like a title design at the end of the season. That just you know, TV comes like that does make it. Oh, they're quite they're quite tasty games to watch at the end of the season. But I'll leave yeah. Man United relegation. Leaves I'm only yeah. joking, Oscar. It yeah. was just a dig at Man United. It was just a dig at Man United. I promise. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oscar's Oscar's face. Then he's like, I'm not coming back in here again. There's no need for no, 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 that. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, it's um, you never know, you never know. But no, um, I don't think I don't think you're even in the in the running for it. To be honest, yeah, but I mean, looking at Forest at this moment in time and teams around them, it's quietly reassuring. But listen, there's still only six games in, um, so we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, it's a bit of a worry, you know, when they'll try and fit all this in because it could really do some teams in. You know, if it, if it's like, you know, if it's like last season, you know, where it's just like. Got absolutely crazy at some points, you know, around March, April, where everyone was basically playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, and I think even at one point at the towards the end of last season, I think it was it was either Arsenal or Tottenham in the top four race. They had to play Saturday, no Friday, Sat- Monday, Thursday. I think they had to play something mad like that. Jesus. I think I think in the end that's where Tottenham had to forfeit the um, Conference League because they were like, yeah, it must be Tottenham. I think I think it was because of coat. They missed the game because of uh, a COVID outbreak, yeah. and then they were like, "Literally cannot fit this in." Mm. So they're like, "Oh, forfeited them." Admittedly, Tottenham were probably quite pleased to forfeit because I think they actually wanted the gap, the gap slight. But he's like, "It's not getting good when you get to the point where you got a forfeit game." So I was just curious. You know my like, hot take is on all this in terms of. On, I, love, I, love, I love a hot take. Go on. Get rid of the League Cup. Oh so, no, that's one we can win. No. I, I know, but. I like we haven't won a trophy for 50 years or 60 years or something stupid. No, 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 we need that one, Oscar. You still got the FA Cup, yeah, but people take that seriously. We haven't got a chance in that one. I like the League Cup, I think, because it's it's done by by February, but I like the fact it's midweek and I tend to find the crowd you get on a a League Cup midweek game, it tends to be it actually tends to be people who don't get to go to the games very often. So, like, I've took. The few times I get to take my daughter, it tends to be a League Cup game. So, and the, the League Cup is throughout that's just mad games and mad results. So, I quite like the League Cup. I'd been off the two legged semi final, but I've been trying to bin. I've been saying we should be binning that off for about 10 years. That's, that's a good point. That's a very good point. I don't get it. I don't get why a semi final has to be two legs. Just make it one they big have game. FA Cup replays, which apparently they're still going to do it. They're going to bring like, it back. Why? I know. No. Money, I I... that's what it is, money. Let's money, talk about, money, like, money, that, money. That's all it is. Don't get me wrong, there is teams in lower divisions that will massively benefit from a, a replay if they manage to get one. But why doesn't the, let's say, Premier League club just give them the gate money for that game that they hosted? I'd, I, 
if that's what it is and it's about feeding the football pyramid, which I'm all for and, and allowing the divisions to flourish as much as possible, just do that. The games are going to kill players. Do an all-star game to give the, the football pyramid all, all the money which is absolute rubbish because they wouldn't give a dime to the football pyramid. They're, they're doing the age-old thing of suggest something crazy <coughs> and make people talk about it and then introduce something that's not, not quite as crazy but still out there to get yeah. it put through. It, it, I, I do think they're going to try and push things through like that. Yeah. There There's a lot of ways they can cut fixtures, though. There's a, like we've said, two-legged semi-finals, cutting the, cutting the replays. There's a lot of ways they can cut fixtures. Cut the, the new Champions League format. Less well, is more. I, well, I don't the, think big companies understand less is more. Well, the new Champions Not League more. format, if we're being honest, the new Champions League format is the Super, is the super League format. Yeah. Just, that you have to, yeah. just that you have to qualify. Basically, the Super League had said you had to qualify for it. UEFA just probably, gone. They probably that that was that was the, that was the thing with Super League. It was basically just binning your wafer off and, be, and being the and being in the new midweek tournaments. But the new champ, the new Champions League is the Super League. But yeah. uh, the the Oracle of Football that is Gary Neville, he's fine with it. Maybe because Sky might get rights for it. So no. Really uh, the only thing I'll say is that I do prefer that because of the the lack of close shop thing. Yeah, that was not that was shot. That, that, that was that's the a big that was, thing, isn't it? That was the only yeah. thing. If they would have changed it and said it's not a close shot, but the founding members get a little bit more money for the first year, but like, yeah, all right. Buy, I did. Buy the, clo- the, clo- the close shop does never sit well with me because no, as no. much as we all hate it at times, sport has to have some jeopardy in it. Otherwise, it's, it's there's no fun. There's no excitement. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no sheer joy. Look, I'm not I'm not trying to rub it into you, but you know, a last-minute winner should mean no, something. No, not 100%. Like, not like, you know, so like for Oscar, you know, w- watching his mate Joe, when Leeds basically tried to throw the game three times and scored in the 95th minute, the pure elation from Joe of, that's kept us up. That's what you want in football. And the opposite end of, you know, the elation of, do you win the title? You know, look, that Wolves game was agony and ecstasy in, in 90 minutes because... Mm. For twenty minutes, I thought, Jesus Christ, we're not gonna we're gonna nick the league on the last game. And then you, you don't get it in the end. That's what you want. The close shop element is just a very close way. It is a very American sport way of <coughs> because in American sports, relegation isn't a thing. Yeah. It's just not I those those their type of sports. Their type of sports don't don't need it or don't warrant it. It's it's just a different way of culture of doing sport. And I think that's the bit that they struggle with. Whereas in European sport, it is that's the jeopardy. Now, where I do I think can... Jeopardy's wrong on, is the drop-off from if you get relegated from the Premier League, it basically cripples you financially. You're absolutely mm-hmm. knackered. I think that's the gap they need to close. Where you a three clubs will get relegated, but it shouldn't it shouldn't bankrupt you. Yeah, I think that's. Where I think uh, Oscar will probably completely agree with me because obviously you've been down to League One and you you saw that horrible period. And I've I've got a bit of a spot, soft spot for Leeds because I've got a lot of mates who support them being from the North East and obviously Yorkshire just being next to us. They stuck by him no matter what. And even when they were really, really struggling and still bringing in huge crowds, if and when you do win a trophy, whatever <coughs> it is, League Cup, FA Cup, whatever it is, it'll probably mean more because you've been down to League One. <clears throat> if you've not ever been told that you can never be relegated... Doesn't really matter, does it? But the fact that you can you can progress, you can be relegated, you can rise from the ashes type thing, a little bit like what Wolves, Leicester, Leeds have all done in terms of coming back strong. 
Why, why would you not want that? I know it's not nice in that moment, but the relegation under Rafa, for us, probably put us on a better footing to allow us to then get a platform to say, right, OK, well, if Ashley does sell, at least we've got somewhere we're going now. It's mm. it's boring otherwise. Yeah, 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 I totally agree. I think it's, um, you know, I think there's certain things, you know, in terms of trying to Americanise English football, I just think it's impossible. You know, we've seen all sorts of different things put out there in terms of the... Um, the 39th game abroad. Yeah, remember, do you remember all that talk? About game, 30, game, game 39. Remember that Yeah, one. that's going to be played in, was it Qatar? Oh. I think it was Qatar. Um, wherever it was. America, like, take it America mentioned. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's just... That's what the All-Star game is. It's basically like your 39th game will tour it around at the end of the season. I think, yeah. I think Klopp said, oh, he's not been here long. Let's just bring the Harlem Globe trotters. Let's just bring everything. Yeah, yeah. If there's one manager you want to ask about fixture extensions, he, he's he's probably not the right one. And to be fair to him, the new Champions League thing. So they just said, "What do you think of the new Champions League game?" He goes, "Just what we want now, isn't it? Te- three or four more games because that'll mm-hmm. really make it better." He goes, "What's wrong with just having the best teams play each other when they play each other?" I don't know why you need this league format. Well, that's it, though. It's 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 this thing of like you know, almost like du- trying to make football like WWE kind of thing in terms yeah. of where it's just like the best always plays the best. There's no real jeopardy in that lot. It's like one week someone that's... else might win, the next week's yeah. You know, there's no real jeopardy. It's shine if you get the best playing each other week in, week out, week in, week out, week in, week out. It just loses the shine, it loses that big match feel. It's saturated, isn't it? Yeah, because we look forward to a Super Sunday when you've got a big team playing a big team and you haven't had it for three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. Yeah, because in the Champions League we have to we have the running joke, Luke. We play Porto. Why? Because we always yeah. play Porto. It's just it's the running joke. It seems the team we get every two years. We play Porto, but when we played Bayern a few years ago, that felt massive because we haven't played what? Bayern since the seventies. That's where you go. So I actually quite like the fact that there are certain teams you very rarely play. And but in the Premier League is the same, so I quite like it when the Premier League when Brentford came up. Because I'm thinking I've never seen um, you know someone, it's a team fresh. you don't play, and that's kind of what you want. Well, Brentford it? bullied Arsenal that first game, didn't they? Yeah, they bullied us as well. That first game, back. yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I, totally I think came out came... And said, that bike's a bit too soft, and I was like, what? I think I think you're spot on when it comes to the the whole. Well, you're playing Real Madrid one week, you're playing Barcelona the next. Yeah, okay, for the first maybe year, oh, that's great, that's great. I can guarantee by year three you're thinking, I wouldn't mind playing Brentford and having a bit of an upset or some sort of like, like je- some sort of jeopardy, like you say, Brentford turning up to Anfield, sticking 11 men behind the ball and you've got to break them down and then you nick a late winner and you feel good about it. <laughs> that that means more, yeah, I don't like it, I'm really against it, especially like growing up with the format we've had, it just, it's, it's alien to me. Yeah. You can't make English. Eng- I'm not trying to sound like you know English football. It does. There is certain things you can do to improve English football. There's no doubt about it. In some ways, it's still a little bit stuck in its ways. From in some ways, but it's still the best league. You know, it still you know produces the best cup competitions. There's no doubt about that. And you just look at American sports in general. It, it's just a totally different ball game. I mean, you go to like NFL. You've got. There's no real like. There's not really any major jeopardy there because the, even if a team's absolutely terrible in the you know initial stages, they're still going to be there next year playing the competition. They're still going to have like filling sixty, seventy thousand stadiums because 
because that there's only a certain amount of teams in each American sport. That, that's a big thing. You know, if you've only got in the English football pyramid, you've got 92 teams. That's just league teams. You've then got non-league teams as well. American football doesn't have that. American sport doesn't have that many teams. They've maybe got 30, 40 teams at most. You've then got a lot more teams, <coughs> a lot more fans for each team, if that kind of makes sense. Therefore, going down the finger here, but it's just a totally different ball game. You have to have promotional relegation. You can't well, just think... shut out a set of teams because, you know, just just because they're not as big as the other teams, so in that kind of sense, like they do in American sports, it's just totally different, totally different situations. And uh, and yeah, yeah. But, but it won't go away, unfortunately. It won't go away until they've got exactly uh, what they want. Now, and Lord Wolfie rightly points out, you know, Sheriff beating Real Madrid uh, in last year's Champions League, you know, things like that, going, that's what you want to see, like mad shocks. Mm. Well, the opportunity to do it, you've earned the right. So, yeah, you know... Look, I follow women's football. I watched Northern Ireland qualify for the first time ever for a competition. They got battered in all three games. But yeah, the right to try the best against the best, it didn't work out. But that's the point of it. And it doesn't matter what, what level of football you're in, there's something you want to go for. And if you're just given it, it, it doesn't quite feel the same. Was it was it New Zealand who played in the 2010 World Cup with the only team who were unbeaten because they drew every group game but went out? Yeah. And even the yeah. winners got beaten in the group or something mad like that. Like, yeah, I, remember. I know it's yeah. not much, but that means a lot to them. It does, that it, means especially a hell out, of a lot to them. Especially getting out the Oceania division because it's uh, that's why Australia now play in the Asia qualifiers because they've realised it's really hard to qualify. Because I think if you win the Oceania, you've got to play who's fifth in. You've South got to America, play one of the playoffs, which is yeah, ridiculous. You've got to play a playoff, yeah. You, you know, you win your group, you still don't get through. Uh, 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 Alison pointed out here: Spain getting beat by Switzerland. That's the kind of stuff you want to see, right? Mm. Before we go, one last one last four, one for you. What is your one little bugbear in football that you'd love to change? I'll give you mine to give you an example and then you can do this. So mine is, it's a corner. Referee goes, stop the corner, lads. You two come here. Stop pulling each other or I'll oh. give a penalty. Mm. Why do you have to tell the players the rules? You don't tell a player when he jumps in two-footed, don't do that again. I'll send you off. Just blow up, mm. give the penalty. Guess what? They'll soon stop doing it. Yeah, they know the rules. I don't, I don't know why you have to stop the game to say, lads, stop pulling mm. each other. So that's my one little bugbear. I just go, just get rid of that. And you can't say VAR. That's the other thing. We haven't covered the Palace incident. The Palace? Ooh. No. We'll bring that Do up. Do you remember the Palace? You know, the Mitchell push on Willock that should have been a goal that wasn't. Um, oh, they had, a, they had a mayor, didn't they? But again, oh, uh, the issue the, with VAR... the, the West Ham was worse than ours. West Ham's was worse than ours as well. The Mendy injury. Oh, yeah. Villa one was uh, was awful against City was bad yeah yeah three really bad you're gonna have to come back to me Chris yeah the issue with that was he he blew up before he blew up before the goal went one in the net so so they can't actually check it that's actually not knowing your rules go on Luke is there any sort of little bugbears you'd like to get rid of my biggest bugbear um oh I need you to come back I can't go on go on Oscar because it comes Uh, straight away you know it's true Time wasting, okay. Time wasting. There's a lot. There's. It's quite simple. It's just quite simple. Just be more strict of it. If you think someone's time wasting, book them. There's no time wasting on the pitch. As soon as you start getting the cards out, even if it's like a case of you need to give someone two yellow cards if a time waste, guess what? It'll never happen again. Simple as that. You know, in terms of, it's not just the time lost. I think on time wasting that really helps the team trying to do the time wasting. It's the fact all the momentum can be lost. So, 
you can have someone like have a really dangerous attack. The advance cross the ball into the box, and someone can just literally just drop down and that lot and just you know delay the game in that kind of sense, or you know just it just loses all momentum. You know, slow taking throw ins, slow taking free kicks, slow taking goal kicks. Just book them, book them, sending off wherever it needs to be. You'll sort it out. If it needs to be two yellow cards because you've time wasted time twice, then then do it by all means and. Listen, when uh, if Leeds are like one up at Man City away from home in the 90th minute, I'm not going to complain about it too much then. But that doesn't happen very often. So I'd happily been off time wasting by being much more strict with the rules. What happened to the six second rule? When did you ever see the six second rule? Do you know the only person? The only person who ever used to know that rule, uh, as much as he's not the greatest person, is Luis Suarez. He's the only player who used to know. He'd stand next to the goalkeeper (laughs) counting, and he gets ten. He gets a ten and goes to ref. Well, are you going to bug in there? Like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to enforce that rule. Red Steve says, "Get rid of all pundits." Um, I can't read that. Well, last bit. Uh, except, 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 except Ali, Ali McCoy because Ali McCoy just loves football. The only Top one guy. I keep is Ian Wright. I do like Ian Wright. I like his enthusiasm, and he's just a nice bloke. To be honest, pundits. I've got one, Chris. I've got go on, one. let's hear it. Let's hear it. You and go on. Goal music. Oh, oh yeah. Goal oh. music. It's I just, sort of no. Toler- I'm sorry. To- which I'm, ones though? Which, lock, which lockdown? Which I could tolerate it. I could lock. I could tolerate. Yeah, yeah. I, I get. I get that type of thing because it's a bit flat otherwise. But in a stadium, why have you got goal music when you've got no, numerous thousand fans there? I've been. I've been away from home in the championship. To clubs like Wigan, <coughs> um, clubs like Rotherham, and every goal they've got, you can't hear anything apart from this goal music, and it's often. And I just, nah, no, just let the fans just listen to the noise. The noise means more. No, that's my bugbear. Do you heard Bayern's one when uh, Bayern scored? Oh, that's quite funny. (laughs) Probably. I just can't. I can't picture it. I think Alison's trying to troll us in. Yeah, he is. Yeah, that's Bayern's one. He's having my life, isn't he? <laughs> Not to be Wait, fair, I did the countdown music with the score. Yeah, by yeah, yeah, that's Bayern's. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is the can can music. It's the can can music. That's what they play when they score, which is it's very German. It's not a football. <laughs> it's not a footy chant. That is it. Let's be honest. It's not it, is it? No, but yeah, Norwich probably have have good music. The only thing I, did, I have you been to? You must have done Wolves away, you. I've done Wolves. I haven't done night. Wolves. That's one I haven't. I've done all the Midlands apart from Wolves. I've, I've watched. Oh, so I was watching on the telly, and it, it's like a rave before the game starts. It's yeah, just they like do. They've got, they've got big lights and things. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I went to that. Chelsea away. Chelsea have got like this pyro display. They've got uh, lights dimmed, pyros on a night game, and like fire coming out these pillars and stuff. Yeah, so they they go big on it. Oh, Red Steve's got a good one here. Um, yellow calf taking your shirt off when you score a last minute winner. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They are well, right. Richarlison. Yeah. Oh, by the way, did, did anyone watch the Juventus game last week? Uh, who did the player? Yes. Oh, the one that uh, yes, have had that Milik. So the score. So Milik scored what he thought was the winner. Took his shirt off, jumped in the crowd. He went second yellow. You're off. And he went. I don't care. I've scored the winner. And they show the the replay and defender tried to edit, but he stood offside, so they disallowed it. And they said there were three lads off. It said that he was not being offside. Yeah. yeah. And then they sent the worst said, thing. And then they sent three more lads off just for fighting. 
It was great. It was the best. The whole game was the best five minutes ever. If you haven't seen it, just Google it. BT Sports will just show you the last five minutes. It's absolute carnage. I mean, it's terrible officiating. It shouldn't. It shouldn't have been allowed. Like, but it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> cool. Right. Just before we go, then um, don't forget our charity, uh, Bobby's Wish to Walk. Um, I should have checked what total we're up to. We're, we're definitely over the hundred thirty k mark. We've been over that for a little while now. So. Uh, details in the description below. If you can give, give what you can. If you can't give, please just share. Let's try and get this lad to America. Uh, you saw what Sienna did. You know, Sienna is now walking unaided. She's uh, walked herself into school, you know, so we want to do the same for, for Bobby. Um, so if you could do that, that'd be grand. Oscar, thanks for joining us. Uh, where can everyone find you? If they, they must know by now, like, but where can everyone find you? Uh, so you can find us on uh, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all these TV. Um, and yeah, we basically do match previews, match reviews on Leeds United. And um, and yeah, so we're coming up to the five-year anniversary of it, I think. Yeah, five-year anniversary in October. Mm-hmm. So we're supposed to have hit that milestone as well. Um, and yeah, all things Leeds, really. Cool. Um, Lord of the says we're up to 1-3 now, which is great. Kev, show's nearly over, mate. Thanks for turning up. Uh <laughs> Did I behave myself? Absolutely not. Uh, that's never going to happen. And you, thanks for coming on. Where can everyone find you? No problem. Uh, Talking Ballocks podcast. Um, it's me and Jack, Leicester and Newcastle. Bit of a weird combination, but give us a listen. See what you think. Yeah, go on. It's good. It's good to laugh. And you'll see hear more of you and excellent puns as well. So that's a thing to look out for. No, you won't. That's got a lot of views. Obviously, now just for that. Right, but listen, guys. No, uh, thanks for joining us. And guys in the chat, thanks. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for your comments. And uh, there's obviously no full-time Reds this week, so I can't get shouted out this week, which would be quite nice. Uh, but there will be a fat back four with the guys on Sunday, and then we'll start the whole loop again with winners and losers. And Luke and I will most likely be back on a Friday, uh, annoying other football fans, because that's kind of what we do. Until then, guys, enjoy yourselves. Speak to you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.